0: If you're looking for information on business, fashion or fashion design, you wanna make sure you're listening to someone who has experience in those fields. I'm here to tell you, you've come to the right channel. I used to be right where you are. I'm a small town girl from Minnesota and I made it to the number one most recognized name in prom dress designers. Hello, I'm Deborah Rochelle. My dresses have been featured in every teen magazine like Seventeen, Cosmo Girl, Cosmopolitan, and many, many more. They've been on celebrities, in the movies, on Broadway, walking down the red carpet. I've licensed my products, I hold several patents, and I used to own a chain of retail stores. I was even the first dress store ever on the internet. I was designing, manufacturing, wholesaling, and retailing my dresses all over the world under my trademarked brand name of Deborah Rochelle. I had five factories in China and was importing dresses into the United States and exporting them all over the world. Then, out of the blue, I received an offer on my company and I took it and I retired at the age of 42. But the point here is that at one time, I was where you are at now and I can teach you how to get where I ended up. Come to the right channel if you're looking for information on business, fashion, or fashion design. I've been there and I've done that. A lot of people think those who have succeeded don't want others to succeed, but from my point of view, it's just the opposite. I want everybody to succeed in doing what they love to do. What a perfect world this would be, everybody just doing what they love. So sit back, relax, and let's talk a little bit about business, maybe throw in some fashion. Hello, if it's your first time listening, welcome. And if you've listened before, it's great to have you back. We are going through the top 10 steps needed to start a business and what you need to know. I hope you've heard the words location, location, location. If not, it's important you do get to know why Marketing 101 starts with location, location, location. Where a business is located can really affect your bottom line in more ways than one. So this episode, I'm gonna go over the top 10 factors that determine how to choose the perfect location for your business. The first thing you need to consider is zoning. A person just can't say, hey, this is a perfect business location and open up a business right there and then. You have to first check with your city, county, or state on its zoning ordinances. If you do decide to open up a business without checking on your zoning first, and it ends up being a district that is not properly zoned for your type of business, you could get fined and they can probably immediately just close you down. They meaning city officials or government officials. Although I found that the names of zoning districts vary from state to state and even from city to city, they basically all represent the same types of zoning districts. There are residential zoning districts strictly for residential homes. There are commercial districts which are typically for shopping malls, hotels, office buildings, nightclubs, and things of that nature. There is architectural zoning, which obviously tends to be for the farm industry. There are historic zoning districts with buildings that are typically older than 50 years old and they're trying to be preserved. There are art districts catering to artists. Recreational zoning is reserved for parks. Industrial zones are where you'll find manufacturers. Then there are mixed use zones where perhaps they started out as residential but they're gradually transitioning into businesses and bars. In our county these zones are broken down into even further sections. For instance residential would be a R1 zone versus an R2 zone and every one of those zones has certain detailed restrictions. For instance if you own a commercial lot most of the land in our town allows a business to build right up to the lot line. However, if you're in a residential section, you have to build within five to 10 feet from your lot line. With commercial properties, you also need to allow space for water overflow or aesthetics such as trees and a certain amount of parking depending on how big your building location is. So each zone has their own codes, conditions and restrictions to abide by and those vary from city to city. So the first thing you need to do to find which zone your business can be in is to search online for your city's or county's zoning department. There they typically have a zoning map and more times than not it's located right on their website. From there you can figure out which zone your business is qualified to be in. The second thing you need to consider are your employees. So once you found out where you can be the second thing you need to consider are your employees. Will they have to travel far to get to work? How will they get there? What transportation opportunities are available for them? How far are you from a bus line? All this can affect how many people wanna work for you and how many apply. If people don't wanna commute to get to your building, your price of labor will increase because typically increasing wages will increase the selection of applicants. It's hard to get good workers, so you don't wanna limit your supply and demand just by where you're located. Are you in a safe location? If you hire sewers or something for a fashion industry, are they going to want to be working the late shift and risk getting mugged when they get off of work? Is there plenty of parking for your employees? No one wants to walk a mile to get to their car. Will they have to pay for parking? If so, are you going to want to compensate them for their parking? Another factor in determining the best location is how close you are to your vendors or suppliers. If you have a supplier you rely on for necessary parts for your business, being close offers you easy access to them. It also helps with being able to get to know your suppliers better, which could mean getting better terms. And there are less costs in having to have them ship you the necessary supplies. So being closer to your suppliers or vendors helps reduce availability problems, quality issues, and it takes less time to get to you and that means your company can give better service, which in turn means happier customers. There is an area in New York City called the Garment District, and since New York was the largest storage site in the country for textiles, it only made sense that fashion manufacturers moved into this area. This area typically had large open warehouse type buildings, perfect for setting up a sewing factory. It was also cheap because it started out as a tenderline district, is what That's what they called it, the Tenderloin District. It was full of ill repute, and it gained its name because a police officer once said he could afford a Tenderloin for dinner just because he received so many bribes from the district's patrons. I guess even prostitutes have to have their own business location. It was said back then, probably in the 1800s, that no upperclassmen would dare find themselves in an ill repute location such as the Tenderloin. So this meant cheap labor, cheap rent, cheap buildings, perfect for the low cost needed to support factories. Another thing to note about the garment district is it started to expand closer and closer to 5th avenue where the elite upperclassmen lived, so the city of New York rezoned 5th avenue to only hold residential buildings. This therefore stopped factories from expanding into where the large mansions presided. And currently 7th Avenue is considered the center of the garment district. 7th Avenue is also referred as Fashion Avenue. They even put up Fashion Avenue on the street signs because people started to recognize the name Fashion Avenue more than 7th Avenue. Designers such as Ralph Lauren were housed there for many years, but it seems like most fashion designers are now moving out. I know Jill Stewart, Badgley Mishka, and Morgan Lane are still there But many non-fashion firms are moving in. Client access is another thing to consider. So let's say you found the perfect spot. Your employees are happy to work for you there. And you're next to your supplier. The next question is, if your customer needs to come to you, are you located in a good place for them? I remember I was located in a strip mall on the side of a major mall. I was just starting out so I could not afford to be in a major mall. However, I found a lot for sale directly across from this same mall on the main freeway and once I transferred there to this new location from my strip mall location which was on the side of the mall, my sales increased immediately 20% just from the change of location. People automatically knew where I was because they had to pass my store to get any place worth going to in this city and this really help me with my advertising budget as well, which we'll get to. So client access is important. Another thing in finding a location is the foot traffic. Can you be seen without having to spend a quadrillion dollars in advertising and marketing? Then again, malls have a ton of foot traffic. However, they charge an astronomical amount in rent. So this leads us to our next point, which is budget. So before we get into talking about a budget, I'd like to say a little bit about Anchor FM, the people who are sponsoring this podcast. Okay, I'm back. So let's get back to the budget and how this involves your location. In order to survive in business, all of your expenses have to align. Can you afford where you're at? Can you afford not to be where you're at? Just from simply changing my location, my sales went up 20%, which means I could afford more rent. If I was located in the main mall, My sales might have been triple, but I would have been paying 10 times the amount of rent. Can you afford the rent? What are the taxes? Can you afford the utilities? The larger the space, the more you have to pay for utilities, heat, air conditioning, electricity, etc. These are all factors. Are there government incentives to be there? Finding the perfect location also involves your competitors. Your competition's location should be analyzed. I've often heard people always say never locate next to a direct competitor, but I happen to disagree with this. Have you noticed how restaurants seem to congregate in the same places? You'll often see an intersection that has a gas station on each of the four corners facing one another. CVS often builds right next to Walgreens. Sometimes it's better to be right where your competitors are, because if a customer can hit two stores at once in the same area, they're likely to go there first. If they're looking for a restaurant, they'll look in the restaurant area first, where restaurants have congregated. This is why huge malls were so successful. All the stores congregated in one area. You could hit a bunch of them at the same time without having to go halfway across the town to get to the next store. So remember, we talked about the Tenderloin District in New York City where prostitutes hung out? People knew where to go for this type of activity because they were all in the same area. It later became the fashion district where most of the fashion businesses kept their factories so their customers knew if they're into fashion to go to this area. However, I do understand why many experts feel that being next to your competition will put you out of business. But on the other hand, if you can strive to be better than your competition, perhaps you will put them out of business. You never know. So checking out where your competitors are should be one of the prime things in determining The best location another thing to consider for your location is outsourcing if you're in need of a huge large warehouse space for shipping why not look into putting all of your stuff into a fulfillment center that specializes in that it may even cost you less letting a shipping expert do what they do best because they specialize in that one thing packing and shipping your company could then focus on the things that are much more important like sales Fulfillment centers have packing and shipping down to a science, and they ship in bulk, so even your shipping costs would be less. Another instance is if you need an office for yourself and or you have a small staff, perhaps checking out a virtual office would be something to consider. Virtual offices allow you to work from home, yet for a nominal monthly fee, a virtual office will provide you with a physical commercial address, a trained secretary or receptionist, to answer your phone calls, your own phone number and a rent by the hour, probably a technically advanced conference room should you need a place to hold a meeting. They also offer a physical office space if you need just a small office to work in. So you can still get that big office feel and have a receptionist and conference area available to you at a nominal fee per month. So looking into outsourcing for the little things, can be a big thing when you're looking for a business location. The next thing to consider in your location is the building or location itself. Do you receive large shipments? If so, you probably need a cargo door for the trucks to back up into. If you're sending and receiving packages, your business should really be on the first floor for FedEx or UPS pickup. Is the building set up for high-speed internet? Or are there other technological advances that you need? Does it have proper air conditioning so your employees won't melt and complain and leave? Is there room for expansion? All these things need to be considered about the location that you would be renting or buying. Finally, in determining your best location, does that space fit your brand or image? Does it reflect how you want people to portray your company? For instance... It's pointless putting an art gallery in a meatpacking district. And zoning would probably qualify you to be there. So make sure where you are, it fits your image and your brand. So there you have it, the top 10 ways to find the perfect business location. So let's review. Number one was zoning. Make sure you're in the right zoning district. Number two were your employees. Is your space convenient for your employees to get there? Number three was your vendors and suppliers. Are they close? Are they in proximity to your business location? Number four was customers. Is there appropriate customer access? Number five was foot traffic for exposure. Six was the budget. Can you actually afford to be there? Seven was competitors. Should you be near them or away from them? What benefits your business most? Eight should be to consider outsourcing instead. Cut down on costs for your business and let the experts do their thing. Nine was the space itself. Does it work for your particular business? And number 10, does it fit your brand and your image? I hope this gave you some things to consider when looking for your next location. After all, the number one thing in Marketing 101 is location, location, location. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Our next episode will be on how to patent your product or idea. If you have any questions on business or fashion for me, feel free to go to businessfashiontips.com and go to an episode and page down and at the bottom you'll find a place to leave a message. If you'd like to be notified about our future podcasts, go ahead and go to businessfashiontips.com and just subscribe to our newsletter. And if you like episodes like this, you might like reading my new book, which will be coming out sometime in the near future. Again, to find out when my book's coming out, simply subscribe to businessfashiontips.com's newsletter and we'll keep you posted. Have a great rest of your day.